Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so exciting to have you here with us on our program. On today's show, I'm going to have an opportunity to chat once again with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. It's an amazing conversation that we have about Duke men's basketball And then again, previewing the final game of the season between Duke and Miami. The Miami Hurricanes, of course, big time uh, game coming up to close out the year for Duke football. If you haven't done so already, I would encourage you to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore, as of course my name is JJ Jackson, and I proudly serve as the host of this podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen each and every day. It means so much. When you take time out of your schedule to listen to us every day, be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Josh Cox. After this quick break, you're listening to Lockdown Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code Locked On, and that promo code will receive a 100% Instant deposit match up to $100. Prize pick allows mixed sport entries as you can combine football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils here today on this Wednesday, getting you set for Duke football coming up this weekend against Miami. Duke basketball, a primetime game on Friday night in Las Vegas taking on Gonzaga. Of course, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. We will not have a Locked On Blue Devils across the network on the Locked On Podcast Network. Everyone is celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday, and I hope that you get the opportunity to do that. So with it being a Wednesday, I had to move Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast, a day up in the week to chat with me now here on the program. Josh, how are you? And happy early Thanksgiving to you. Hey, thanks. You as well, JJ. It's great to be on. And hey, a uh, great week so far uh, coming off the, the basketball win and then heading into uh, another final home game uh, football this coming yeah, Saturday. Without a doubt. I mean, I'm excited to get into everything uh, that uh, we can here when we talk about Duke basketball and Duke football. We will talk about that basketball team, however. Since we last spoke, they've played two more games against Lafayette, winning by 33. Against uh, last night, they took on the Citadel, and Duke won by 26. 
this team looks really good, Josh. Like this Duke basketball team is starting to figure it out, starting to put great games together, and uh, it's the right time to do it as they're now 6-0 and getting ready for the number one team in the country. Uh, you're exactly right. <laughs> um, I'm trying not – because we – in the Duke basketball history over the last 10 to 15 years, we have gotten off to really good starts, and then we've hit a lull in January, February sometimes. Uh, so I'm trying to temper – my excitement, but it's very difficult to do so because when you dig into why we are so good or how we are, uh, how we are winning these games, um, you really see a couple of things that are standing out defense. The fact that, that we lock down and, and, and we'll get into the Citadel game maybe here in a second, but it, even anyway, even when we don't play good defense, but we are playing good defense and then, and then we're sharing the ball uh, led by guys like Wendell Moore and Paula Bencaro, your team leaders who are sharing the ball. And there's just an unselfishness there. Uh, you've got your your number one player, uh, potential number one overall NBA draft pick this coming year, who's diving all over the floors after yeah. loose balls. And just, I mean, he's leading the team with his grit and his heart as much as he is his talent. And, man, yeah, I, I am I – am, pleasantly surprised and excited about this basketball team for sure. So many great players to highlight. As you mentioned, Paolo Banquero had a terrific game versus the Citadel going for 28 points uh, along with eight rebounds and six assists. And then Wendell Moore Jr., who already has one triple-double on the season, nearly had another one last night as he went for 22-9-8. and eight. A really good player. Uh, if you looked at the game versus the Citadel on the ACC Network, Jay Alter doing the play-by-play was quick to let you know that there is only one player in America who's averaging over 16 points, over five rebounds, over five assists, and shooting over 50% from the floor. And he plays for Duke. He's the junior captain in Wendell Moore Jr. That's my biggest takeaway, Josh, right? It's not that he's able to share the basketball we've seen him kind of bring the ball to the floor through his first two years on the duke basketball team or rebound he's a bigger guy at six five six six the fact that he's shooting so efficiently is what's crazy to me and if wendell's playing that good watch out nolan smith around his sophomore season he tells the story he wanted to leave he was struggling and he had a meeting with coach k and just just a man-to-man meeting and he decided to stick it out. And Nolan's last two seasons, I mean, he was all ACC. He was uh, all America. He won a national title. Um, I don't know that Wendell Moore Jr. had a meeting like that with Coach K. I don't know if he if he just got, you know, by himself and tried to figure some things out through this pandemic. I don't know what it was. But the Wendell Moore Jr. that was a little slow, he played a little slow. He was a little passive. Um, and he had no confidence. Yeah. That window more junior has flipped the switch into a guy now who is explosive. I feel like he's playing with speed, but he's still under control, but he's playing with speed. He's playing with athleticism. I mean, some of the dunks that he's had early on in the season that we've, I, Wendell's been a layup guy yeah. for me in the past. He's been a layup guy and he's throwing it down. And then I think all of that just comes together then I believe Wendell's always had a good shot, but it was all about his mental state, his, his, his confidence. And now he's confident. And I'm telling you, man, uh, it has been incredible to see. You know, uh, some people have knocked Coach K in the past that he's not developed players throughout their tenure. And I, I understand it's difficult to do that when the majority of your players are one and done 
sure. or at the most coming for two years. But Wendell's going to be one of those success stories. Uh, those Emil Jefferson types, um, you know, even those Jordan, Jordan Goldwire types. Right. I know Wendell was a five-star recruit. I know it's a little bit different, but still he has developed. And, and I couldn't be happier for a guy like Wendell Moore Jr., so much fun to watch. He's playing with a ton of confidence. I think confidence is one of the best adjectives that you can describe this Duke basketball team so far this season. You mentioned his leaping ability. He's trying to dunk on people. Heck, even the game versus the Citadel, Josh, Jeremy Roach is trying to dunk on people when he attacks the rim. What? Like, we did not expect that coming at all. This team clearly put in work in the offseason in the weight room. The strength staff has done a terrific job because they look bouncier. They look stronger when you factor in the strength of Trevor Keels. They really do play with the most confidence in America, and that could take them a long way this season. Yeah, can, can I mention a name of who I, I think may have brought this leadership and this swag to the team, and that Tell is me. grad transfer – Theo John, if you just watch the guy. uh, And I would encourage Duke fans, especially if you're able to get to a game in person, but you can see it some from the TV angles. Uh, This man rarely sits down on the bench. He stands up. He coaches, cheers, talks on defense, even when he's on the bench. Um, And then he has that – he's got that swag. I do not want to meet up with Theo John, you know, when he's angry – um, outside, you know, ready to fight somebody because he is a grown man. He brings that confidence. He wants to dunk on as many people as he can dunk on, and then he wants to stare at you down the court after he does it. To be honest with you, we need that. I like having some of that mean, rough, in-your-face basketball that I think we've been missing a little bit. Uh, we've been the nice guys. Uh, we've, been, we've been those one-and-done five-star guys. And here's a guy that spent four years paying his dues He's coming here for his fifth season, and I believe he has helped give Wendell that edge. He has helped give Jeremy Roach that confidence that he needs. I think Theo John is super important to the success of this team. And uh, Theo John, someone that's no stranger to big-time competition, playing in the Big East over at Marquette the past few years. And on the defensive end, he's already making a big-time impact. Past few games, we've seen big performances from Mark Williams after not playing so well at the start of the season. When everybody is playing so well together, I'm serious when I say this Duke basketball team is one of the best in the entire country, and that's why I am so fired up and so pumped that Gonzaga is coming up on Friday versus Las in Las Vegas to uh, to get sort of this measuring stick competition because even on Friday since we last spoke, Josh, we had the AJ Griffin breaking out game and Duke's been able to see a lot of good things from their entire roster. Yeah, and we're going to see it this coming Friday. I mean, at the end of the day, especially those those two bigs that Gonzaga throws out, we're going to see hey Theo and and Paulo and Mark. Um, let's go up against the best. Hey, listen, we're the number one team in the nation, and I think it's going to be a great litmus test for us. We can put a, a team on the court, and I'm this is no criticism to Jeremy Roach, but if Jeremy has a – I think he has two flaws right now in his game. One of them is when he gets in the lane, I really would like to see him dish the ball. I'd like to see him become a willing passer uh, once he has broken down the defense. Sometimes he gets – very, uh, he's very one one track mind uh, trying to get to the hole. Secondly, is his defense. He he falls asleep, backdoor cuts. Last night they kept showing the replay. I felt bad for him over and over again where he he didn't read the dribble handoff properly and they drained a three right in his face. 
so if you remove Jeremy Roach from the lineup, and I, I don't, I'm not saying that I want this permanently. We could throw a lineup out there of Wendell Moore Jr., Trevor Kills, AJ Griffin, Paula Bancaro, and then Theo John Mark Williams, whoever that would be at the five. And let me tell you something: that is possibly the best defensive team in the country. No doubt, those five guys on the court. No doubt, the length, the athleticism. The aggression, a guy like Trevor, Trevor Keels, uh, he, he, however many steals he has this year, uh, probably add 10 to that of the steals he's almost had um, and just did, did, it didn't happen, but he's right there. So uh, it's been really cool. AJ, man, it was so awesome to see him break out the other night, hit some difficult threes uh, and kind of looked like he got his bounce back a little bit. And, and man, uh, yeah, it just has me really looking forward to Friday night. Yeah, the three-point shot was something that was so impressive from A.J. Griffin and then the game versus the Citadel, kind of late in the action. He finally got his first dunk as the Duke Blue Devil wide open underneath. You know that felt good from him because even earlier in that game, he tried to jump from a little bit too far out and couldn't quite get it there, but he's got the first one out of the way. That's got to be a mental thing when you're dealing with those knee injuries. Um, Speaking of someone who's – I've torn my ACL before, right, and trying to get confidence back in your knees and your ability and that sort of thing. So – so excited to see what this Duke team has done. All right, so uh, I would imagine that most people listening to this, Locked On Blue Devils, are big-time Duke basketball fans, unless we have some hate listeners out there, which welcome. Welcome to our party. Use that smack talk that Josh Cox just had about how good this defensive team is for Duke because it's that real. So much so that we want to talk about this, Josh, right? Against the Citadel, they break the Cameron Indoor Stadium record for most three-pointers made by an opponent with 18. Duke still won by 26. The casual basketball fan does not understand what happened last uh, Monday night in Cameron. Um, This Citadel team came in, first of all, they've beaten Pitt already this year. And I understand Pitt can struggle, but they've already beaten Pitt. They beat Pitt by like 15 points. They were averaging 90 points a game. And they come into Cameron, and we all know this. Teams play a little bit over their head sometimes when they come into Cameron. Some shots fall that maybe wouldn't fall typically. You then have a one minute into the game, their head coach goes down um, and has a medical right. emergency. The team doesn't know what's going on. They rally around that. Uh, they've got some and, – and let me tell you something. I wanted to get mad at our defense last night, but they're hitting shots right in our face. I mean, literally, I don't know what more our guys could do other than fouling them. And they're, I mean, they shot 53% from the three-point line. And so I'm not necessarily blaming our defense last night. To your point, what is incredible about this Duke team is that not only can we lock it up on defense, but in a game like this where it becomes a shootout, Man, our offense, all five starters were in double figures. Joey, Joey Baker had a good, solid game with nine off the bench. Theo John had eight off the bench. I mean, we absolutely went crazy on them. Paulo, I felt like, and he mentioned this in his interview after the game, uh, that this was a little bit uh, with him coming out of that, uh, all the stuff that went on the last week in his life. Uh, he kind of used this game and let out his aggression um, there on the court and he showed – he had some stretches tonight where it was just like, man, this is why this guy was the number two overall recruit. And he had one where he got a, he got a rebound 
Guard tries to steal it from him. He goes behind his back. I think it was the number one play on the Duke basketball social media. He goes behind his back, leads the break, and throws the lob past to Martin Filthy. Williams. I mean, just ridiculous. And so that that was impressive to me that the Citadel team came in. Uh, I was expecting this game to be about a, I don't know, 12 to 15 point win. Um, but we came in that second half, we put the pedals to the metal and we never we never looked back. And so we we have shown that we can win on the defensive end. And then we've shown as of Monday night that even when a team is shooting the lights out, we still can turn on the offense enough to win games in a shootout. Quick break in our conversation with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast as we want to let you hear from some of our fine sponsors here on Locked on Blue Devils. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage on all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are certainly missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-sugar, low-fat, and high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many flavors. This month, Built Bar is coming out with a whole new limited-time flavors every three to four days, so check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Built.com. Josh Cox is joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils today. He is one of the hosts for Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. Let's transition now to football as the Blue Devils get ready for their final game of the season. Come Saturday at home, Brooksfield at Wallace Wade Stadium. They're taking on the Miami Hurricanes, Duke 3-8 and on the year, 0-7 in ACC play, trying to pick up their first conference win of the season. It's going to be a difficult test. We've talked a lot about Miami, or at least I have, on Locked on ACC every single week where you can listen to me and Candace Cooper on the Tuesday episodes talk about this Miami team getting a whole lot of swagger ever since Tyler Van Dyke was inserted in as their starting quarterback. Josh, when you start to look at Saturday's competition, what are some of the matchups maybe that stick out to you between Duke and Miami? Yeah, um, the matchup that sticks up out to me is Charleston Rambo against our secondary, and I don't like the matchup at all. Right. He's already over 1,000 yards uh, for the season. He's averaging over 15 yards a catch. They look for him way more than than anyone else. Um, he's nearly double the receptions from the number two receiving uh, receiver on the team. Um, and I tell you what, he's, he's a transfer uh, from Oklahoma. And, um, and so he, he was highly you know, touted, and he is the real deal. And so I, don't, I do not like uh, that matchup. 
And then in the backfield, they kind of have a two-headed monster as well. Um, this is a, this Miami team is unique, man. Uh, you're right, Tyler Van Dyke has really um, given them some life. In fact, I saw a stat the last five games. He has thrown for over 300 yards per game and three touchdowns per game in his last five games. That's pretty incredible. But I will say, Miami has shown this year that they can look like they can beat anybody in the country. And then they look like they can be beaten by anyone in the country. And so it really depends on which Miami team shows up um, this Saturday. Um, but I say that if, if the bad Miami team shows up, this game can be close. If the good Miami team shows up, this game's not going to be anywhere near close. And yeah. so uh, at the end of the day, we're looking at that. We're going to see, can this Tyler Van Dyke continue to throw the ball around the field like he's been throwing? If he does, we, we're not going to win this game. Um, if they play uh, horrible and they regress back to what they've done earlier in the season, then maybe we have an outside shot. But um, the last game of the season, and, uh, and we'll see what happens. We're talking about Duke and Miami on the football field as the ESPN Football Power Index gives the Blue Devils a 9.7% chance to win this game. So definitely odds are not in their favor. One key storyline to watch in this on the offensive side of the ball for the Blue Devils, Mateo Durant is 64 yards shy of breaking the single-season rushing record. How badly do you want to see that happen, Josh? I've said that this is kind of the one thing that I only care about in this football game because to find a, a positive moment from this season, I believe it would be seeing Mateo Durant get the single-season record for Duke. For sure. I mean, we had a little preview of that uh, a couple of games ago when he did go over a thousand yards because we uh-huh. hadn't had one of those since Chris Douglas. Uh, but to break a record standing from the seventies and Steve Jones um, would be absolutely incredible. And you know, one of the things that's been unique about this year, even through all of our struggles, um, is that Mateo has has stayed healthy, healthy enough to play in every game. And there's been a couple of games this year where he probably wasn't healthy and probably maybe should have sat out, um, but uh, but he's he's played in every game. That's that's something to be said. Hey, in 2021, for you to be a running back and you to play in every game of the season, uh, that means you had some fortune on your side. And then what I love about the about Mateo is that he's just a humble kid, man. He he literally is. He's happy to be on campus. He's just glad to be in a Duke football uniform. He's from a town of 87 people. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And like. If you can't root for that guy and you can't be happy for that guy, then you you got problems inside of your own self. He is he is one of those uh, players is just so easy to root for, and that will be that will be the highlight um, of this game Saturday, player wise, um, and that will be Mateo Durant um, hopefully breaking that record. Let's end with this as, again, it's the last football game of the season for Duke with a 3-8 and eight record. Uh, head coach David Cutcliffe in his 14th season leading the Duke Blue Devils. We talked about it all year long before the season. Hell, this has been a conversation for the past couple of seasons as well when you look at the status of the Duke football head coach. As of right now, you mentioned this last week, Josh, he's got one year left on his deal. It remains to be seen whether or not he will return as the football coach. People that listen to this podcast are a part of message boards, and message boards have been telling you for the past three or four years that the next game is his last game. The next game is his last game. The next game is his last game. So we don't know, basically, is what I'm saying. People have been trying to predict this for quite some time. If Saturday were to be the last game for David Cutcliffe as the Duke football head coach, 
What do you want to say about his time leading the Blue Devils? Well, first of all, um, the fact that he would come and take a chance on Duke is incredible. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't get any worse uh, of a program than what he took over. Um, and then, what was it, five years or six years at the most, uh, we're sitting there in the Chick-fil-A Bowl playing uh, Texas A&M in Atlanta. Uh, by the way, just to, just to show if Duke would win and have winning football, uh, we, we were about 50% of the crowd. Uh, at that game, um, and 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 that just shows you that Duke football can, uh, at least nationally, hold its own somewhat. Uh, but to take us to where we he took us in 2013, and, and I'll say it like this: to create a new standard for Duke football. Yes. And the standard is not 2013. I don't think that's a fair standard. I don't think 10 wins is the standard anyone ought to be holding this program to. I do think the standard that if you take his 14 years uh, career at Duke. The standard he created, I believe, of success is going to a bowl game. I believe the standard that was established was six wins. Mm-hmm. And, and you get six wins in a season, it's a successful season. You get less than or fewer than six wins, it's not a successful season. And so he set that bar. Now, the, what's, what's unfortunate is that he created that and he set that bar. And what we've seen over the last few years is he's not been able to reach his own Right. bar of success. And that's where, that's where we're sitting right now. Uh, but, but if this Saturday were to be his last game, I think Duke football owes him a statue out in front of the stadium. I believe we ought to name a building after him or we ought to do something because Duke football, uh, even, even through the struggles of the last two to three years, Duke football is more relevant today than it ever was before he showed up. And he brought a legitimacy to our program you go to Wallace Wade Stadium and you walk around and you remember that it used to be literally a high school football uh, stadium with a track yeah. around it and yeah. uh, no tower hardly. And what he did with upgrades, um, the culture he's established at Duke, um, he deserves so much credit. He deserves respect from the fans. Um, and I hope that if Saturday is his last game, that that he gets that respect and that honor that I think he's due. Couldn't have said it better myself. Josh Cox, again, joining us here from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. As we get out of here today, Josh, I just want to say thank you to you and the rest of the guys over at uh, the Section 17 podcast for joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils throughout the entire season. You've become one of my good friends uh, that I'm able to text about Duke football and the things going on at Duke Athletics in general, because like I said, you do such a great job breaking down basketball as well. And this is not going to be your last appearance. We're going to continue uh, these moving forward and that sort of thing. But I did want to give you one more opportunity to sort of plug the Section 17 podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with the offseason being so unknown, as we just spoke about, right? Um, you know, this this the podcast could – we usually take a breather, um, and then, you know, we, we'll ramp back up once we get closer to spring game and whatnot. But depending on what happens um, at the head coaching position, we could we could kind of stay a little more consistent through yeah. that depending on what goes on. But, yeah, uh, each week during the season we, we release content. We try to take a little bit of a deeper dive into the football program. Uh, that's the section seven. If you search section 17 podcast, it'll pop up. We call ourselves Duke football talk. It's four guys who love Duke football and who care about Duke football. And so look for that wherever you listen to podcasts. And then if you would do us a favor, if you would be willing to give us a five-star rating and review, I'd ask you to do the same thing for locking on blue devils. We appreciate what JJ's doing here. Um, it's, it's unique. We do two different things. We, we single in, on our side, we single in on football, 
and we really try to break that down. What you have on the Lockdown Network is you have continuous coverage of Duke, Duke athletics. And so if you're a Duke fan, I believe each of our podcasts provides something unique. Uh, and I would suggest that you put both of our podcasts in your in your queue um, yes. and listen to them as they come out. Josh, thanks so much, man. Again, I just want to wish you and your family a uh, happy Thanksgiving, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you again soon, okay? Hey, man, happy Thanksgiving to you too, man. We'll talk to you later. That is Josh Cox joining us here today on Locked on Blue Devils. Thanks again to Josh Cox for joining us on the program today. Really enjoyed our conversation. We both are so, so, so excited about the potential, the championship potential of this Duke men's basketball team. Cannot wait for that game coming up on Friday. Again, a reminder, we will not have a podcast tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners out there. I'm getting a chance to be back home in the state of North Carolina to see my family and uh, super thrilled about it. Thanksgiving always is a terrific holiday. Tomorrow. We've got, or not tomorrow, I should say, on Friday, we're going to have a crossover edition with our friends over at Locked on Zags. Andy Patton is the host of Locked on Zags, a daily podcast on Gonzaga Bulldogs Athletics here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Fitting that we team up for a crossover edition because Friday is the big game between Duke and Gonzaga from Las Vegas. Once again, follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each and every day. Now go check out the Locked On Panthers podcast with Julian Council. I, for one, am thrilled that Cam Newton is back as the quarterback of our home state NFL team. Panthers getting ready for a big game this weekend versus the Dolphins. So head over to Locked On Panthers to hear what Julian Council has to say about that. Without further ado, that does it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Friday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.